Yeah, a little bit more. Balls, balls, dicks, and balls. Alright, so hey pod people and welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. This is our second episode. I am Sock. Sitting here in Europe and across the Atlantic, I have the golden brown and buttery, and next to some gravy, it's Biscuit. How you doing, Biscuit? It's uh, me. Good morning, everybody. You're Italian now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that happened. So should we call you Biscotti now instead? Uh, no, I'm not really good with those things like doorstops. Okay. Simple enough. Uh, so, uh, as I said, welcome back to the second episode of Big Bad Nonsense. We've made it to number two, so we haven't slacked off. And uh, we are now available on Stitcher, uh, stitcher.com. You can download our podcast there, or you can go to Apple Podcasts, or you can go and visit us via SoundCloud. Just search for Big Bad Nonsense. So that's great. We're out to multiple audiences now. Yeah, and if anybody can show me how to fucking find us on iTunes, that would be great. Because the other ones I pulled off, but apparently that's above my pay grade. It is there, though. It is there. It is 100% there. It's not even called iTunes anymore, though. It's like Apple Podcasts. Maybe that's why I can't find it. Maybe that's why you can't find it. I don't know. Do you have, like, iTunes or Apple Podcasts installed on your computer? No. Then you're not going to be able to find it, bro. Everything's starting to come clear. I think we may have solved this one. (laughs) Oh, Biscuit, it's a very hot day here today in Slovakia. It's a hot day every day here in the Dirty South. In the Dirty South. What fantastic story could you tell me today to take my mind off the heat? Well, uh, we are going to be traveling to Denver for a little bit here. I was looking into some conspiracy theories regarding Denver International Airport that I am going to share with you today. Have you ever been to Denver International Airport? I do not believe I've even done a flyover there, no. Not really, eh? Never been to Colorado, huh? No, it's on the list, but I haven't gotten that far west very often. Tends to be something the other direction. I've heard a bit about Denver International, uh, like from other people, like, you know, people who travel a lot, like myself. It's like we sometimes end up discussing, like, some of the worst airports we've seen. And although Denver, I've heard, is not the worst, I've heard it's quite a odd place in a way. Like, I, they have a reputation for losing luggage or something like that. Yeah, their luggage situation is pretty famously terrible that if the only thing that happens to yours is it gets lost, then you usually had a pretty good go of it because often it just goes off into the ether. Into the ether. Okay, I had a friend who said his got shredded there. Yeah, that too. I mean, there's all sorts of fun ways that you can end up not getting what you started with. But um, the current rendition, they have put an approach on it that they seem to be doing a little bit better and it's definitely not the worst airport out there but it's certainly one that has some stories does the do these conspiracy theories in any way relate to their lost luggage not really there's one in the baggage area with some gargoyles and shit but it's one of the more (laughs) minor ones yeah (laughs) gargoyles all right i'm intrigued give it to me yeah, um, so this airport has all sorts of symbols in it that people think are um, summoning, you know, the space reptile Jews or Hitler or hell or what have you. There's a little bit of all of it there. It starts with things as simple as a terminal featuring a statue of Anubis or is it Anubis, the Egyptian god of death, you know, so little Things like that, people start to get uh Wait, wait, wait. So bit... this airport has a statue of Anubis in the airport? Yes, the Egyptian god of death. Okay, now my first question would be, why? There, You're going to be asking that a couple of times before we're done today, I have a feeling. <laughs> okay, do, uh, you, do you have an answer for me that in any way relates to 
why Anubis would be in an airport in Colorado? Artists are fucking weird. <laughs> because, like, this is the thing, right? It's like, I've been to a lot of different airports, and I always try and analyze the statues that they have there. And, like, most of the times, I'm like, you know, what has this statue got to do with the airport? Like, uh, like sometimes it's totally normal. Like, if you go to Albania or something like that, they'll you get off in the airport and like, it's like, there's a statue of mother Teresa, right? It's like, well, she's from there. It's like, okay, it makes sense. But then sometimes it's like, you get statues of like, you know, eggs or something. And I'm like, well, how does this relate to your airport? Like, I don't understand. So Anubis, God of the dead, middle of Colorado, no pyramids there. I don't know. Yeah. He's just kind of hanging out. Um, And it's, not by any means the most famous statue there. That would be one that's actually in the front of it when you walk in. It's a large blue horse that um, Anna Lee knew it's a writer for Gizmodo, as well as many other writers that have touched on this story have verified that one of the cons- parts of these conspiracies in kind of weird, creepy background things that's actually true is this statue actually did kill its creator what in what way um he was trying to put the top part on it and he fell and it fell too and smashy smashy so the statue crushed him yeah it smashed his leg and he bled out essentially okay and what's the statue of it's a large blue horse okay and yeah, so he gets crushed by it, and the commission for the airport, you know, they're like, well, fuck it, we already paid for this thing. So they go ahead and they put it out there anyway. It's got a pair of glowing red lights for eyes, which theorists um, state were supposed to actually be laser beams, but that never ended up happening because the creator died before he could get to that point. What these laser beams would be for is your guess as good as mine. You're making shit up now. You have to be. I, I'm just getting started. So it's a big uh, horse with glowing red eyes. Yes, and the red eyes are explained by the father of the sculptor. He was like into building neon signs and shit. So it's supposed to be as simple as that, but... You know, once you get into certain groups of people, that was the start of laser death beams. Okay. And does is there some sort of connection between horses and Colorado in some way? My best guess with it is it was a mention of the Denver Broncos, who were the football team there, and blues one of their colors. So oh, that I makes feel... Sense. Yeah, I mean, I feel it's kind of an Occam's Razor thing and didn't really look into it much past that. The other explanations that I've seen are, you know, horsemen, hell, et cetera, et cetera. And do all the members of the Denver Broncos have laser eyes? Not yet. Not yet. They're working on it. No. Right. That's um, coming up in the next collective bargaining agreement, I believe. (laughs) Fantastic. So... Like I said, I think that this is just a football statue. But the next guy we're going to get into, he would instead argue that it's because it's in a rearing up pose and that'll make you think about cocks, which makes you convert to Satan. Obviously. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so. so a standing horse will make you think of... Erect penises and <laughs> and make you convert to Satan? Yes. Phallic images are going to convert you. And <laughs> this guy, I encourage you to look him up. Anybody listening, you yourself, Sock. Um, he's got a website, thirdeaglemedia.com. He's got a bunch of shit on YouTube. This guy is nuts. His name is William Tapley, and he refers to himself as the third eagle of the apocalypse, whatever the fuck that means. And he's got a half dozen or so videos 
about the art in the airport and breaking it down and how, in short, Cox, 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 Dix, Cox. So, wait, if he's the third eagle of the apocalypse, does that mean, like, he's bringing the apocalypse? He's supposedly, like, a big Jesus-loving guy, so it's an interesting name. Um, It's kind of hard to tell on his website because, you know, it's got, like, that 1990s vibe where he chose a text and a picture background and you can't even fucking read the text over the picture. But, uh, and he's... He's a Jesus loving man. Okay. And so and he's worried yep. about horses that remind you of penises. Uh, there's dicks all over this airport. Like everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> can you give me another example of where you can find dicks in Denver Airport? Oh, I, I can give you a handful. Um, okay. Again, I'm not going to go through That's all of them. That's quite a handful. I encourage, I encourage <laughs> quite a handful. Ah, ah. I encourage people to look this guy up later on and watch these videos because I'm not going to get to all of them. But mm-hmm. um, for an example, there's one painting that has a now extinct bird in it called uh, Great Auk, A-U-K. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of looks like a penguin. That also has a little banner on it that has a scientific name, which is Alka Impenis, I M P E N N I S, which uh-huh. Mr. Tapley like stops the script, like record scratch right here when he gets to this, and it's like, whoa, that almost says penis. What the fuck? And goes into like it is no coincidence that the artist chose a bird that part of the scientific name sort of kind of but not really says penis satan (laughs) okay he will go on to show us an overview picture of the airport on a snowy day and point at a very long part of it which he recurs if i could talk refers to as phallic Uh i would refer it to it as a uh, lane for baggage, you know, something that airport fucking needs, but mm-hmm. not this guy. Then he points to a couple of circular tracks in the snow as well and refers to them as a testicle area. Again, I would call it pass that vehicles need in order for basic operations at an airport, but to mm-hmm. Mr. Tapley, our third eagle of the apocalypse, it's a big old cock and balls. So the whole airport, like, I guess, viewed from the air is like one giant dick? To him, we will get to a different overhead interpretation of the airport that's even worse. Mm-hmm. But yes, to for Mr. Tapley, yeah, it, there's a huge dick is a large portion of the airport if you look over at. The more you tell me these theories, the more I'm wondering what's the connection between Dix and Satan? Like, Dix equals Satan? You think of Dix? You think of Satan? Like, that's not what comes to my mind. Like, someone says, oh, Satan. I don't think, oh, Dix. You know, like, it's not... (laughs) Right. Uh, To him, yes. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. He's just kind of, like dicks make you think about Satan and they convert you and I'm the fucking third eagle of the apocalypse so I'm right and Jeez, this guy must have a terrible time when he goes to pee yeah he's probably got like some kind of shield that he pulls down <laughs> alright so, so needless to say I think I've established at this point that this guy's nuttier than squirrel shit but mm-hmm. Even going on past the Cox, because he does transition away from that eventually. Like I said, he's got like six videos up about this place. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll do other things, like he'll take a little logo printed out of the airport and turn it up upside down, and note that when you do that, it kind of looks like a six. Satan. Okay. Um, there's another painting, which is admittedly kind of a weird painting um, one of the murals that's put up there but it's to loosely define what you're looking at it's a horseman with a big scimitar on a horse and they're swinging it there's 
a building in the background that looks destroyed. It's not directly implied in the painting that big-ass guy with a sword did it. Mm-hmm. You can't really tell. It's just kind of destroying the background. Well, um, this, our eagle friend says, was a prediction of 9-11. Okay. Was it, because, I, I'm assuming the mural was made before 9-11. It was prior to 9-11, yes. I don't have the exact date in front of me, but I did look at that. It was put up prior to 9-11. Okay. And, I mean, of course, 9-11, that's where we always end up ultimately with these kind of folks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are other murals in the airport that he explains predict the rise and downfall of Barack Obama. Okay. I guess someone should yeah. probably call him to task on that because Barack Obama's done now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure you'd really be able to communicate too well with him on this because some of his reasoning on these, if you think the earlier stuff was a bit out there, um, one of his Barack Obama prophecies, and this is a direct quote from the video. If we look up here, we will see a leopard overlooking this whole scene. I believe this signifies Barack Obama being elected president. Okay. Because if you see a leopard on a rock in a painting, that's where you go right away is Barack Obama. Why? It's as much of a connection as Satan and dicks, I guess. I would argue that Satan and dicks make sense compared to this. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So Barack Obama's a leopard? I don't understand. I, I don't either. He doesn't really go into these much in his videos. He's just like, and you can see Barack Hussein Obama appears a fucking leopard because I said so. Moving on. Here's some dicks. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of how he goes about. So we'll move on from Mr. Tapley at this point. But as I've said multiple times already, I cannot recommend highly enough looking at this guy. He probably could be his own episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But going further with the murals here, who are all done by one artist. There's, I believe, 40 of them in the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been, uh, obviously, many interviews here with the artist and people beyond the airport. One taken from an interview I read in the Thrillist article. Um, they're talking about one of the murals, which is called Children of the World. It's expressing the artist's desire to abolish violence in society. You know, it's got all children, all different colors, sizes, wearing different garbs from, you know, different cultures, blah, 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 all that lovey-dovey shit. Mm-hmm. And so it's the artist and their words, their description of it is, you know, no need for violence in the world. And crackpots take that and instead of going with that artist statement they think it's shown the collapse of civilization and genocide by the new world order so that's kind of the disconnect that we have going on here you know i'm gonna have to look this mural up and stick it in the show notes because i can tell from your description like that's probably quite a stretch to get the collapse of civilization from it from what you've described yeah. anyway <clears throat> yeah it, it's a uh... It's a peaceful scene. I mean, it's a bunch of kids. So a lot of these you will need to lay eyes on. Um, In our notes that we put up, I will have links to the stories I looked at here, which will show some of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll kind of move on from the art here. Not completely. I'm going to go into some other I stretch to call them documentaries because that implies that there's some kind of research or professionalism or thought put into them but um videos online we'll go with okay. talking about quote strange coincidences and occurrences regarding the airport one of the more well-known ones that i think has been promoted by like the daily show or something like that at one point said to go look at it um i don't have the name of who put it up right now, who the YouTube user is. I'll I'll go get that and give it to you to put in the notes as well. I just got to find it again. But they have a two-part video about 
strange occurrences and weird things at the airport, like I said. They start with, why was this airport built when Denver already had one? And that's like a boogie-woogie-woo for them because nobody ever builds new shit, right? Like every sports team in existence, they get a stadium and they just fucking play there forever. Yes, of course, right? It could fall to pieces around them and they still have to keep playing. Yeah, but that's that's where we're coming from, though, is these people, their bullshit meter goes off when they see something being built when one technically already exists. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they can stop right there. I'm already sold. They've convinced me. But mm. they they do go onward. And if you recall, I said earlier, um, the dick from above wasn't the only one we were going to get on overhead views here. Okay. There's, there's a lot of these videos that say that the airport from overhead resembles a swastika. <laughs> Okay, uh, does it? No. No. Most immediately proceed to show an overhead shot of the airport that demonstrates that they're wrong. Um, essentially, what they're going on here is there are some lines pointing in different 90-degree angles, and so something, something Hitler. You know, runways, of course, right? Because nobody ever puts runways at 90-degree angles to each other. Right. It's You could maybe, if you really wanted to stretch, say it's like kind of a pinwheel sort of thing almost. It's not even really that. Honestly, go on Google Images, look up the airport from overhead, and see for yourself. It's simply not fucking there. Okay. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, it's all this, what is it, what do they call it when people see things that aren't there, like pareidolia or whatever. And I, I just Googled, like, the airport map, and I'm like, I don't know, kind of, but, like, a swastika is, like, it's eight straight lines. Like, if you, th- I could throw paper clips on my desk and maybe kind of see a swastika on them, right? Right, ex- exactly. It's something that... After you hear it, you can look and sort of see what they're going for. But in order for them to have that conclusion, they had to go into this hoping to see a swastika or their brain was expecting to to even make that connection. It's just not where a normal mind would go to. Here's here's a piece of advice from me to like everyone who's looking for conspiracy theories. If the person who designed it wanted it to look like a swastika, they would make it look like a swastika. Like you would look at it and say immediately, <laughs> without a doubt, it's a swastika, right? Like people don't put swastikas on things to be subtle about it. Right. That's not really something that you half-assed. You either go all in on that or you don't. Exactly. And so the main video that I'm watching that I'm referencing here anyway with the Swatsika, they are far from the only one. But when they mention that and then they pop up a picture like, oh, my God, it doesn't fucking look like one at all. They immediately and casually transition into the new world order being behind the airport because, of course, Mm -hmm. they even go so far as to say that, quote, the general consensus is that the NWO runs it. That's news to me. Okay. Um, and so how do they know that these are the masterminds behind the airport? Why there's a plaque in the airport from when it was commissioned that says at one part, new world airport commission on it. New world airport, new world order. Is that what they're going with? Yeah. The new world airport commission. So they see new world and just immediately shit their pants. when those two words are put together. I mean, it's, uh, catnip. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start up a restaurant called New World, and then people can call in and give me their New World orders. Uh, nah, that yeah. was a terrible joke. Forget that. That was brutal. No, no, you're you're keeping that just for everybody to remember what you did today. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll live on in shame. Oh, please continue. Please continue. Uh. Okay, so this New World Airport Commission conspiracy theorists, they'll go on to tell you that this commission doesn't exist. 
and they are at present day correct. Mm -hmm. The minor detail that they leave out of this breakthrough that they've come across is that it fucking did when the plaque was created. Mm -hmm. So why dwell on such minor things, I guess? But that seems like a bit of a gaffe. Mm -hmm. But if if we keep going with this little area, um, there's a Braille tablet alongside with this as well. And this is a good one. This is one of my favorite parts coming up right here. So this Braille tablet, a lot of conspiracy theorists believe it's like a lock, it's like a remote control that if you punch a code in it correctly, it signifies to our alien overlords it's time to release the poison and bring the Earth population down to 2 billion people so as to better control it. So they have like a genocide controller in the middle of the airport. In an airport in Colorado? Like, yeah. <laughs> isn't that where you'd put it? <laughs> <laughs> in Braille? Like what if what if what if some visually impaired person like comes along and accidentally kills like <laughs> four billion people? It's <laughs> like I just wanted to read what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy is their face gonna be red. Yeah, no kidding. Uh <laughs> uh I'm not even gonna ask how they 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 claim that there's there's no point in even like asking for proof about that. Like I'm assuming it's printed on like metal or stone or something like that, right? Right. It's one of those things that it's not really worth disproving. It's so bad shit. Like this is like something out of an Indiana Jones movie. It's like if you push the characters on the stone tablet, you will <laughs> unleash the, you know, uh, death machine or something. Like I don't know. It will signify the space Jews that it is time. <laughs> okay. Okay. D- does it go deeper than that, or? There, there's more. Okay. Um, there's most of it's like little things that people are looking at instead of going for the obvious answer. They're just like bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. for example, there's one part of the airport. um, One of the panels on the ground, it's got a little mining cart design with AU and AG in it. Silver Mm -hmm. and gold mining Mm -hmm. cart, fucking Colorado. All makes sense. Correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But people think the AU and AG do not signify those minerals. They're um, references to an Australian antigen that can wipe out the population, a form of hepatitis. Because reasons. And uh, and they would print that on the... <laughs> like... Yeah. Just, just to fuck with everybody and, like, hang it over their head. And, like, by the way, we have this, too. You fucks. Like, I, like I'm trying to understand their... You're their, not going to. Th- no, but, like, <laughs> you know, if I was running, like, some sort of, like, sinister organization, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, our main goal is to, you know, kill a bunch of people with, like... Uh, smallpox or something and then you know in in the you know i don't know some airport somewhere i said okay now let's put up uh, uh, a statue of an eel and then we'll write uh, smallpox on it like why why would i do that <laughs> yeah you'd think you wouldn't just shove it in everybody's face it might be a little subtlety to it mm-hmm. or secrecy but, to some extent yeah but and here we have an antigen references on the floor. Um, uh, mural about world peace is calling for the collapse of humanity. The buildings, a swastika and a giant cock um, symbols around the airport are predicting the end of the world in 2012. That one took a bit of a hit once we got to 2013, at least mm. you would think, but people still seem to support it despite the fact that it didn't happen. But you get my point here. Everything is something. Nothing's just a doorknob. It's a doorknob to the fucking underworld. Like, everything has to be something here. Okay. The gargoyles at the baggage claim, which I loosely referenced earlier, they were put up by an artist. 
Um, those are agents of Satan as well, even though the artist says, you know, I'm just making a quip. These were put on churches facing outward to ward off evil spirits and shit like that. I'm making a reference to how famously bad we are at protecting luggage. That's why they're in the baggage claim facing the fucking baggage carousels. Mm-hmm. But we can't accept that. It, it's Satan or reptile space Jews or it's it's always one of those things. Um, okay. This There's so many things going on here, and I know I've been a little bit all over the place. It's because I can't possibly get to all of them. Um, there's so many conspiracy theories here that at one point, the airport itself put up a – Christ, what's the word that I'm looking for here? Uh not a presentation, but an exhibit. There you go. Mm-hmm. An exhibit in the airport, a conspiracy month that they called it, that they had like all sorts of videos and items and yeah, an exhibit just going over, kind of embracing all this they ran with it, stuff. Yeah. yeah, because at a certain point you have to, but they're going with um, the CEO of the airport when he's doing an interview and he's this was done at this exhibit, and he just points to one of the videos they have running, which was from BuzzFeed. Go figure, such a pinnacle of fucking journalism and research would screw <laughs> something up. But he points to a little video report that they did on the airport, and he's like, those pictures that they're using aren't even our fucking airport. So, <laughs> I, so you got all this stuff going on, and they've kind of embraced it for the most part. Um, there's a few they won't touch on. A lot of that has to do with the underground tunnels, which are where I'm going to kind of finally wrap us up here. Are these like tunnels to hell or something like that? Uh, They're mostly FEMA concentration camps, uh, Nazi tunnels. Why is it? No, no. Sorry. if Let me interject here for a moment. Why is it always FEMA? Because they did Katrina? I, <laughs> it's like I keep hearing all these theories. It's like, oh, FEMA death camps or like FEMA concentration uh-huh. camps. But it's like it's like FEMA, like they, they show up after an emergency and... Eventually. Or eventually and like give out some water and stuff like that. It's like they're not even... Like, why don't they choose, like, a more sinister organization, like one that has guns, like the FBI or something like that? It's like saying, like, oh, the United States Postal Service has ballistic <laughs> missiles. Like, <laughs> like, why FEMA? Oh, it wouldn't even necessarily need to be a more sinister one. I would say a more competent one. I even don't that. know what FEMA has shown us in recent history that would indicate they are in any way whatsoever capable of pulling such a thing off without fucking it up. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's the least of our issues here, but I, I do get why that one. It, it's like the Nazi thing as well. It's like, why is it always fucking Nazis? FEMA's kind of the same thing with these conspiracy theories. Um, so. They both have their own little conspiracies here. The FEMA concentration camps, like Nazi concentration camps where they're just killing motherfuckers as far as FEMA is more of a slavery thing. Mm. Um, There's a few others, like there's a tunnel that goes all the way to Washington, D.C. and blah, 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 all this shit. They're underground tunnels for baggage. And for moving baggage along, there's probably about a thousand workers under there during the course of a day. Mm -hmm. And there's some storage as well. Like United used to store a lot of their shit there. But I mean, that's that's all it is. It's baggage tunnels. I, all right. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'll let you hang in there. But um, the the. Well, I mean, what more can you say? It's like, okay, yeah. so there's a FEMA death camp under the airport. Uh, you walk around to collect your bags, and uh, you will end up thinking about dicks, and you will convert to Satan. So, uh, and just make sure you don't read the Braille on the way out unless you kill four billion people. Yeah, and you kind of just look at the person and say, that doesn't 
sound true to me. Uh, <laughs> there have been a couple of rare instances where like a news station or a paper has gotten to do a tour and they've gotten down into the tunnels as part of it. It's such a wide area that they don't get shown all of it just because it'd be impossible to do a walk through the whole thing. But as I alluded to earlier, the airport, they've started embracing these nut job theories and the guys down there do as well. Um, it's been noted multiple times. There's actually a video you can find if you look hard enough on YouTube. But when they know that, like, a camera crew is coming, they'll, like, draw aliens on the walls and shit and, like, put on lizard masks and, like, go scurrying around in the background of shots just so, like, this fucking lizard man goes running behind the camera. And so they have their fun with it down there as well. Um so that that's I didn't really know where to end this to be honest with you because you could just keep going and going well, and going. What have we learned well, from this? <laughs> we've learned that there's somebody that bullies everything. Uh, I think we're just gonna have to leave it at that. I don't know where else to go with it though. One thing I will try to tie it together with is something that I think people should utilize on the internet in general going forward. Uh, this is coming from one of the higher ups working for Denver international airport, representing them and in the interviews I read um, and like some of like the Nazi trafficking and stuff like that. Those ones they don't play around with when they're making fun of theories and their explanation for that. And again, I think people should take this, to the internet as a whole is because some conspiracies are worth debunking and some aren't. So keep that in mind next time you're arguing with fart Hitler 69 on Twitter about Barack Obama blowing up Canada or whatever. I mean, some of this shit's just not even worth looking at and know where that line is. That's great life advice. I, I tried to do something with it. <laughs> hey guys, it's Biscuit. There's no real easy way for me to tell you this, but every time you listen to us and you don't tell a friend or share a link give a five-star rating i go outside and find the nearest living thing and start a fight with it it's usually a puppy i don't think you want that on your conscience and i sure don't want it on mine so if you could please promote us to the best of your ability i would appreciate it and so would spot Uh, have you ever heard of uh, Dr. Lewis West? Does that name sound familiar to you? It does not. No. Okay, well, uh, he is uh, famous for quite a few things. Like, uh, because he did experimentation with LSD and things like that, uh, he's kind of known among, like, the hippie movement and stuff like that. But uh, also, he um, <clears throat> he testified... Uh, at uh, to the American Armed Services Committee or something like that about uh, American soldiers who were captured in places like uh, Korea, and you know they 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 captured these soldiers and they had them record the, like these messages saying like you know I denounce the United States and I want to spread socialism throughout the world, and uh, he was brought in to, like say you know should we court martial these people or not, and he basically came out and said you know. No, like these people were sleep deprived. Uh, you, you, you can't trust what they were forced to say. It's like they, they were under complete duress and things like that. So that's one of the things he's famous for. Another thing he's famous for is testifying at the trial of uh, Patty Hearst, 
uh, who is a bit more well-known in American culture. She was captured by a group of a left-wing paramilitary organization, and uh, she was kidnapped originally and held for ransom, and then she eventually joined the organization and then started robbing banks with them. So, (laughs) so funny how that works, right? So basically he was there to testify at her trial to say that. (laughs) I love that though. She's like, you know what? Actually, this looks fun. (laughs) I, well, you know, it's one of those cases where like he testified that it was like Stockholm syndrome, right? Right. Like, you know, she was captured by them. She was put under all this stress and she eventually sympathized with her captors and stuff like that. Like there's footage on there's there's footage available and like pictures from security cameras of like her standing there holding a rifle or something like robbing these banks right so she like fully participated in it uh you know a bit controversial at the time but basically he testified to say like you look you know she was put under stress and i i think she still went to prison for it i i I don't know i'll have to check that but i think she still went to prison for it but not for a very long time anyway but neither of those are the main story that I wanted to bring up with you, the main connection, the, the main nonsense, if you will, to do mm-hmm. with uh, Dr. Lewis West. Uh, so he was all about using LSD in experiments. Like this is the beginning. It's like before LSD was like outlawed as a recreational drug. Uh, scientists were still free to test it and things like that. Now, Biscuit, if you were a science guy and I said, hey, do some science with LSD for me, what would you test it on? Myself. <laughs> okay, other than yourself, because like scientists did do that, of course, right? Like they took it yeah. themselves. I don't think I would start by giving it to humans. I think I'd probably go a little bit further down as a starting point. Mm-hmm. So mice? Mice seem to be the calling card for most of the shit, yeah. Yeah, definitely, right? Like, that that would be my thing, too, right? It's like tested on a small animal, right? So And, like, LSD mm-hmm. was tested on mice. It was tested on rats. It was tested on cats. But Dr. Lewis West, like, he tested on an animal which was really unusual. And I just love it if you take a guess at it. Just take a stab at it. I want to be a giraffe so bad. <laughs> uh... You're getting close. It's a zoo animal. So I'm in the ballpark. Okay. Let's go with panda. (laughs) I would pay money to see a panda on LSD. I'm just going with what I'd like to see. (laughs) Okay. The animal's name was Tusco. Okay. That should tip you off right there. So an elephant? Yes, they tested LSD on an elephant. <laughs> that that's pretty fucking good too. I got to hand it to. Yes. I like you know, like if if you really wanted to cause chaos, it's like, "Hey, what could we give this drug to?" It's like an elephant seems like the the least sane thing that you could do, right? It's like if you were a scientist out to like create entertainment, you would go for an elephant. If you were a scientist out to do some real I mean, science, not the best choice, I think. Was what he was trying to create like the hardest animal to control? <laughs> well, actually, the thing is, he wasn't going out to test LSD. Like they they knew about the fe- the effects of LSD, and they knew about the effects on animals. They were trying to trigger the elephant. So the name of the, the elephant was Tusco, right? Which is a really uncreative name for an elephant. Like there's been so many, like if you search Tusco in Google, you can find there are so many captive elephants that have been called Tusco. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, that slightly above elephanty. Yeah, exactly, right? Like it would be like if you had a giraffe at your zoo and you said, let's call it Neko. <laughs> Actually, I wonder how many zoos actually go the full mile and name like their rhinoceroses horny. That I would respect that. I would respect that, but of course, no one's gonna. I, I'm gonna have to search for that afterwards. But anyway, I elephant... would be careful with that Google search. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I'm not gonna search for it now. That's that's. Uh, I'll just leave that out. But <laughs> but elephants. 
they have this uh, this uh, hormonal change, like basically elephant puberty in a way is the best way I can describe it. It's not exactly like puberty, but they go through this uh, stage called must. Uh, it's spelled like M-U-S-T-H, right? But it's pronounced must. And it's where they basically get all these hormones flooding into their body and they become really aggressive, uh, not just to like... Uh, you know, people, but also to other elephants. Like they're they're just as likely to attack a female elephant as they are to you know try and mate with it and stuff like that. So it's like they basically go crazy with hormones. Okay, so we're not just giving LSD to a elephant. We're giving LSD to a fucking elephant that's hormonal. Well, no, they were trying to trigger the hormonal response. Why would you want to do that? Well, because that's the thing, right? Even now, apparently this like uh, this state isn't very well understood, right? Like they're okay. not sure exactly why elephants go through it, right? Like it's not really a mating thing. Uh, it's not necessary for it to happen. Like, you know, elephants will mate with or without this must trigger or whatever, right? They'll do it to any receptive female apparently. So they said, we, we don't understand it. And like... Apparently, elephants, like, they secrete this goo out of their heads from these, like, special glands. And they thought, you know, if we can trigger this, this state of, you know, aggressive behavior, and then maybe get his glands to secrete this goo, we could take a sample of the goo, and then we could study it better. Fair enough. (laughs) I've always wanted my own elephant goo. Yeah, pretty much, right? So it's like, they're like, how can we trigger this? And like, they immediately go to say, like, let's give it LSD and see if we can trigger this state in elephants. Uh, Like, why they would do it that way? I don't know. Like, my first, like, I'm not an elephant scientist and elephantologist, uh, pachydermist or whatever they're called. But like, you know, I would say, well, why not just give the elephant like a bunch of steroids or something, right? Like, why would you go for LSD? But this is the path they chose. Yeah, I mean, like, tell it a racist joke or something. I mean, you can start a little lower than LSD. <laughs> but that's exactly what they did, right? They said, okay, we're going to give LSD to this elephant. This elephant is named Tusco. He's an elephant at the uh, Lincoln Park Zoo. In Oklahoma City. See, that would work right there. Just go up to it and remind it. Just be like, your name's Tusco. And I'll probably be like, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I guess so, right? (laughs) That set me off. (laughs) Well, this, this was their conclusion, right? They were going through this experiment. They said, let's give LSD to the elephant. Let's see if we can trigger this. And then if it works and it starts shooting the goo out of its head, well, it doesn't shoot out of its head, but if it starts secreting <laughs> the goo, then, you know, we'll take a sample of it and we can study it. So they gave him 297 milligrams of LSD. Now, here's where the sort of controversial aspects of the experiment start. Well, actually, no, it started with giving an elephant LSD. That's that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> but here's where like the next controversial aspect comes along is right is like how much LSD should you give an elephant? So like, uh, the age old question. <laughs> right. So uh, I've read a lot of different things online and they debate over like you know how much LSD this was exactly. Like apparently it's enough to give like you know. Uh, it's a thousand recreational doses for an adult human or it's 50 times the amount uh, required to cause permanent psychosis in humans and all this stuff. But basically it was a lot. And they didn't account for like, you know, elephant's brain size in relation to its body or all these other things. All these other things you're supposed to account for when you give a drugs to an animal instead of a human. You would think that'd be part of the checklist, yeah. You would hope, right? You would hope, right? So they say, let's just go for it. Let's take this huge, huge dose of LSD. They load it up into one of those like uh, tranquilizer dart style things, not with tranquilizers, but with LSDs, and they shoot it into his butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, things go wrong 
quickly? You're kidding. <laughs> no joke, right? No joke here, right? Things go wrong relatively quickly. Like, not wrong in sort of the disastrous sense, but like wrong in the sort of point where people should have said, we shouldn't have done this experiment. <laughs> like, he didn't really become aggressive or anything like that. It didn't introduce a state of must or anything like that. Basically, he became agitated, uh, and his girlfriend, who was in the same enclosure with him, he had a girlfriend named Judy. I don't. Th- th- that's strange, right there. It's like let's just leave, you know, another elephant in when we give LSD to this elephant. But, just gonna go shove this up his ass if that's cool. <laughs> well, he he became like stressed, and she came over to comfort him, comfort him, and then basically he trumpets a couple of times. He falls over on his side, then he craps himself, he just takes like a big dump, <laughs> and then he basically starts having a seizure. Mm, whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so clearly, you know, giving an elephant was like, LSD is not a good idea, right? So it didn't, it, it wasn't as, it wasn't even entertaining, really. Like, it's like, hey, think of all the crazy stuff that could happen if we give LSD to an elephant, right? Nothing really crazy mm-hmm. happened. He just falls over, craps, and then has a seizure. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have needed to give an elephant LSD to know that I probably shouldn't be doing that. But, hey, these are different times, different ways of analyzing things. So, Well, it's the 60s, right? They're like, let's just do whatever. Unfortunately, yeah. Tusco did not survive. Ah, uh, yeah, it really took the wind out of this one, didn't you? <laughs> Tusco did die. But here's where the next controversial part comes in, right? So it's like Dr. West sees this elephant, you know, having a seizure on the ground. And he's like, so he administers these antipsychotic drugs to try and, you know, relieve his seizure. But he issued this drug called Promazine, uh, Prozamine, promazine. He issued an antipsychotic drug, which was experimental at the time, right? So it wasn't even really clear that this drug was a good idea. And well, that... I mean, why fucking start with good ideas now? Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, right? And like that kind of worked for a bit, but then you know he was still like sort of in this comatose state, so they gave him some other drugs, and then he eventually died. So it was like a lot of people, you know, said that this basically. You know, was it the LSD that killed him, or was it like the drugs that they gave to counteract the LSD? Anyway, the main point is that the end of the experiment, like Tusco is dead, and I love this statement from Dr. West, is like, <laughs> it, it appears that the elephant is highly sensitive to the effects of LSD. <laughs> I, I, I would say death is a adverse reaction, yeah. <laughs> You can't sneak anything past this guy. Yeah, no kidding, right? But do you want to hear the craziest part about this? Of course. Is that uh, one of the things that scientists love to do is like when you do an experiment, other scientists have to be able to repeat it. Oh, good. (laughs) So this experiment was no exception. Someone repeated the experiment. Right, because I mean, what about killing an elephant and having to clean up a bunch of elephant shit wouldn't appeal to you? <laughs> well, it wasn't repeated by Dr. West. It was repeated by Dr. Uh, Ron Siegel, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, he did it like a little bit later. This was in the 1980s now. Now, why someone thought this was a good idea, I don't know, but... They seem to be convinced that, like, it wasn't the LSD that killed the elephants. It was the drugs that Dr. West gave to try and revive the elephant after uh, they gave it LSD. Oh, brother. <laughs> Funnily enough, though, uh, the second experiment uh, didn't have these tragic consequences. Uh, like, you can read, like, I looked up the whole paper uh, written by Dr. Siegel about this uh, experiment that he did. And he took two elephants this time. He took a male and a female. He gave them different doses of LSD. He didn't inject it directly into them. He put it in their water. Actually, this was kind of like, I thought this was kind of cruel. It's like they didn't give the elephants water for like 12 hours. So they would be really thirsty. 
and then they gave them a bunch of water with LSD, so they would drink it all. Mm, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's kind of fucked up, but... <laughs> yeah. Drink up, bitches. I dip my butt in it. <laughs> well, like, I guess, right? It's like if you say, you know, we got to make sure these elephants take this LSD. I can't... That's not even a sentence I should have to say. We have to make sure the elephants consume all of the LSD. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, there's no time. Get the drugs and the elephants, stack. <laughs> uh, well, because I guess there's a drastically different effect, like, between, you know, injecting LSD directly into your bloodstream versus, like, taking it orally, right? It's And, like, even people who do it recreationally, like, you don't hear about people, like, shooting up LSD. You know, they drop acid or whatever. They put it in their mouth. Right. So, I don't know. I guess this seemed more logical to him. And... You know, from what I read of the experiment, right, like the elephants, you know, seem to do like a little bit more weird stuff than they normally do. And then they recovered. It didn't kill them. Well, that's a better result already. Yeah, I definitely recommend the paper put out by Siegel because like, you know, like how do you judge an elephant's behavior? So basically they, you know, went and observed. And it's like, hey, how many times do they flap their ears or how many times do they shake their head? Right. And, you know, they count all this and then they give them LSD and it's like, okay, well, let's count how many times they do it now. Uh, it seemed that, you know, most of the things they did was like rocking and swaying, like, you know, moving back and forth, like, whoa, I'm on acid. Hacky sack. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, there's not really much else to say to that experiment except that, you know, this guy in the 1960s gave a bunch of LSD to an elephant and it had a seizure and died. Yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. I mean, what have we learned from this? I mean, I don't know, right? You would think that, you know, the from the first experiment, people would have learned to say, maybe we shouldn't give LSD to elephants. But then they went and repeated the experiment, so. What we have to do is put it in their water and deprive them. <laughs> My God, it's brilliant. <laughs> Let's get these elephants high as shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like, actually, the interesting thing about this is that about a year after, you know, Tusco's big trip, they actually uh, produced a book, like a bunch of medical ethicists produced a book. Uh, I forget what it's called. I've got it written down here somewhere. It's like Tusco's big trip. <laughs> Actually, several of the... sound like a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, what else could you call it, right? It's like... Tusk's tusk... big dump. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you've got me imagining, like, a kindergarten teacher, like, sitting all the children... It's like, now children will read Tusco's big trip. It's like, Tusco was wandering around when one day a big syringe hit him in the butt. <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay Tusco was not happy at all <laughs> okay okay <laughs> began to rumble and <laughs> His good friend Judy came over to see what was wrong. <laughs> Soon her nose answered the question. <laughs> okay. I'm all right. <laughs> okay. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the second episode. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Big Bad Nonsense, where we explored Denver Airport conspiracy theories and Tusco's big trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, please 
visit us on Twitter at Big Bad Nonsense. You can download our podcast via Stitcher.com or Apple Podcasts or listen to us on SoundCloud and YouTube. Big Bad Nonsense. Biscuit, anything you'd like to plug? <laughs> Just my new children's book, of course. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. <laughs>